0: Hey, everybody, welcome to episode number 172 of the Jeffrey Dad podcast. So money, as we know, is one of the leading causes of stress, fights, and arguments in relationships. It's a topic that can stir up a lot of emotions and create tension between partners. And as a financial coach, I've had the privilege of helping thousands of individuals navigate their way out of debt and gain control of their finances. But through that work, I've also witnessed firsthand how money stress can significantly impact relationships, often taking a toll on both the emotional and the financial well-being of those relationships. And in today's episode, we're going to explore the important question, when is it a good idea to start talking about money in a relationship, especially if it's new? And whether you're just beginning that partnership or you're already in a committed one, we're going to provide some insights and practical advice on how to approach money talks with a more proactive mindset. So listen up, it's time to open up the lines of communication, foster understanding, strengthen your financial foundation as a couple. So let's dive in and discover the keys to building a more harmonious relationship when it comes to money matters. Stay tuned.
1: You're listening to the Debt Free Dad podcast with Brad Nelson. Brad and his co-hosts experienced the anxiety of living paycheck to paycheck before learning the fundamentals of financial security. They are now on a mission to empower regular people to pay off their debt for good and enjoy happier, less stressful lives. Keep listening for inspirational interviews, tips, tricks, and practical advice to gain financial freedom.
0: How is everyone doing today? You can find us on Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, and Instagram. Just search uh, Brad Nelson, Defrey Dan. And as always, welcome to uh, today's show. Remember to get all the resources, show notes, and links for today's show. You can head over to balanceense.com forward slash 172. That's B A L A N C E D C E N T S dot com forward slash 172. And uh, kind of as a little teaser, we've got a a cool little handout that you can find at that link that we're going to talk about here a little bit later on to help you have some better money conversations. We'll be talking about that uh, coming up. But guys, hot topic today. Uh, and, and in fact, uh, Kitty, I was just saying, this was one of your ideas and, and more or less to talk about it from the sense of uh, as you're first starting to date or get to know somebody, I mean, when is the right time to talk about it? So uh, let's, okay, give a little like preview of why you want to talk about this.
2: Um, so I'm single and dating and it is a really awkward conversation to have, but because I'm on this particular debt freedom journey, I I want to make sure that I'm going to not end up with someone who's like, oh, just spend money willy nilly and that kind of thing. So, uh, yeah, I've actually ended relationships Pretty quickly after the conversation, when they're like, nope, not even willing to discuss it. So
0: I'm kind of really proud of you for that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> there were also other issues, but I mean, this is important. So <laughs>
0: uh, it is important. Uh, there's actually a, um, a quick uh, little fact here. I just want to, or a uh, study that they did. Money is one of the leading causes of divorce, but according to Lend EDU, nearly 50%. So that money is the leading cause of stress in their relationships. So one out of two. Um, and uh, I see it all the time. You know, as a, as a financial coach and and talking and working with people, in fact, I would say this is probably one of the number one questions that I get and it's not even really related to money. It's just how do I get my spouse or partner on board? How do we, you know, start having these conversations? How do we, you know, get them to agree to a budget? How do we, you know, how do we control impulsive and wasteful spending habits? My partner's out of control and I'm trying to get ourselves out of debt. Um, I mean, this is a a really, you know, common issue. There's no question. And by the way, I'm, you know, obviously I lost my wife three months ago, but I understand that in the future, I'm going to be so screwed when it comes to this topic. <laughs> 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 I mean, seriously, everyone already knows what I do. And I'm going to be like, <laughs> this is going to be, I won't even have to say anything. <laughs> <laughs> Be like,
2: here's my podcast. Please yeah, listen just to it.
0: just listen to all like you know two hundred plus episodes by that point, point. <laughs> and if you make it through, then we can talk.
3: <laughs> if they make it through, it's almost an instant proposal. <laughs> <laughs> oh
0: yeah, you gotta have fun with some of that stuff. Yikes. Anyways, so what would you guys say? Like there are there is always these you know there's like when you get married or when you're in a relationship, there's these top things that you need to agree on a lot of them uh mentioned like things like religion uh communication obviously communication about sex love languages uh life goals like where do you want to be in your relationship or as a couple where do you see your future uh politics i don't i don't man that's i don't know you guys can talk about that one uh, obviously parenting <laughs> but then obviously followed up by money so would you guys agree with that list or are there things missing you think besides any of those well
3: things like number of kids and in-laws, how you're going to deal with them, but by and large, I think you you nailed it.
2: I, I've heard that you need to ask: Is your family the kind that gets up really early and does like a five k run the day after Thanksgiving, or do you like <laughs> go shopping or sleep in? And I'm just like, that's really important because there's no way I'm running a five k.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that actually is a really good question. <laughs> I don't run unless there's something chasing after me.
3: That's my life motto. I'm yes. saying don't. I don't run.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: Not anymore. <laughs>
0: yeah, probably. uh too funny. So, anyways, I think Katie already let her um, opinion on this out of the bag. But when do you guys think you should bring up money when uh, it comes to new relationships? Wh- when do you think that conversation needs to happen?
3: Well, it's been. <sighs> 30 something years since I got married, a little over 30 years since I got married. So I'm not sure how much I have to contribute to this, but obviously knowing what I know now, it's probably a good idea to talk about it before you get married. Is that a good place to start? Man, I think that might be too late.
4: Yeah. Like I feel like, I I feel like conversation needs to start like dating stages. (laughs) Well, not, not before not so you get like,
3: married, right?
4: Well, yeah, but th- I don't know. Are you getting married two weeks after you start dating? No, I think I think some things need to kind of be brought up a little bit, like just kind of sneak it into the conversation. How comfortable are they feel, talking about money? Like, I just feel like that needs to be, you know, before I got with my husband, we didn't. We were both broke. We didn't talk about nothing.
0: Sneak <laughs> it out. Sneak it in. Would, that
4: would change. I
0: would sneak no, it I in.
4: Think, I do. I think you need to like. Slide it in there just to get a feel for it.
0: (laughs) I'm just more of like, how do you feel about debt? How do you feel about credit cards? (laughs) Hmm,
4: Just to the point. I don't know. I I don't know. I'm having data, but I feel like that would be like, boom, red flag, I'm out.
0: No, no, no. I mean, I'm not talking like day one. I mean, you know.
3: <laughs> I just was giving us a starting point to work backwards from.
0: <laughs> I'm not talking about so, date number one, you know, date number one, you just act at least have to have, make sure you can have a, an actual conversation with somebody before you can actually talk about those types of things. But
3: I don't know. There's got to so be settled. We settled between date number one and marriage. Now where exactly <laughs> we're exactly.
2: So communication so should be first, like you should know how to communicate something, anything first. And then you need to talk about the big stuff and the little stuff, because one quick question or story, I w- worked as a travel agent for a long time and There was a couple that was booking their honeymoon. And when you go internationally, your name has to match on your passport. And I was like, the bride was telling me, you know, the information I'm like, okay. And how does your fiance's middle name appear on the passport? And she's like, (gasps) I don't know his middle name. And I'm like, Oh, okay. Um, maybe there's other things that we need to discuss before yeah. <laughs> <laughs> book your honeymoon, at least. <laughs> oh. So now I always ask, what's your middle name? <laughs> also, you have, to, you have to research guys. That's the weird thing, too. You have to, like, look them up on CCAP and stuff.
0: To <laughs> <laughs> I don't think everyone knows what CCAP is.
2: Like, the court cases to see, like... What? Abuse and breaking and entering and DUIs and all that fun stuff. So yeah, welcome to dating in your forties.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Man, I can't wait. I'm excited. <laughs> oh, oh you know, and
5: I, I mean, I have, I've two almost well now officially. I have three college kids. Um, you know, and they're dating, and you know, I because of what we went through, it is on their mind a lot. Um, about. You know, and I, th- I think especially, you know, we ha- there's so many people that are graduating college with $100,000 in debt, you know? And so it's something that, you know, we've not said to our kids, like, you know, if someone has that, you shouldn't date them, but you definitely need to have that conversation um, before you get down the road, um, you know, before it's like, this is the one. And they're like, yeah, I don't care about a $100,000 in debt, you know, like you should really know, Um, you know, what they think about it and, and stuff like that. I mean, I know like for me and my wife, for me and my wife, when we were, before we were out of debt, it was just a lot of arguing and fighting and picking at each other and why'd you buy this? And you bought that, I'm going to buy this. And then just always arguing. And since we've gotten out of debt, we rarely argue about money. Yeah. Um, And so I just think it's a huge, and I know earlier in our relationship, there was a lot of fights about it and, like you said, I mean, it's one of the leading causes of divorce and why bring that into your relationship if you could address it up front?
3: Yeah. So I think, I think generically speaking, you can have conversations about money fairly early in the dating process yeah. without having a discussion about money. Oh yeah. yeah. You know, what are your goals? What's your why? What's your purpose? And and from that, you can gain a lot a lot of information. And if you're a college graduate or about to graduate from college, inevitably, I think some of those conversations are going to come up about how much student loan debt or various things that are going to come up. So you you can sort of play that private detective role and gather information and subtly give some of that information out without really having a money discussion. And so then the question I think becomes is, when does it turn... More serious, and I think obviously, if the the marriage conversation starts to come up, or you're thinking about it, then you definitely want to have that discussion before you ask or answer that question. Yeah. But you know, dreams and goals and why's and purpose, we keep coming back to that in this podcast over and over. You can learn so much from somebody. Ask them, you know, about their up upbringing. You know, inevitably, people are going to talk about their family and you know how they struggled or how their parents did things. And you, you can just listen. A lot of times I think is, is helpful.
4: Yeah. Well, and I think a lot of us don't move in together before we even think about marriage now. Right. So True. I, I think it's important to even do it before you're actually moving in together because it now you're sense. sharing things. Yeah. Yep.
0: Yeah. No question. Well, I think the thing you gotta be careful with is the emotion. Cause when you're in the honeymoon phase, especially when it's early and you like care about that person, it's easy to overlook something like money, you know? Um, but the reality is, is that that phase is going to come to an end. And the reality of whatever the financial situation is for that other individual is, is going to show its head at some point. And, um, that's when it starts to get not so good, you know, and all of a sudden now it's like you said, Amber, maybe you've moved in, you've discovered some things that aren't necessarily very appealing, you know, could be things going on that you didn't know, like gambling or overspending, major credit card issues, just, you know, bankruptcies, you know, just all sorts of things, you know. And now you're, you know, quote unquote, financially connected to this person. And um, so, yeah, I mean, I think it just plays too big of a role to ignore for too long. I, I think, Chris, I think you bring up a good point. I, I think you can... <laughs> maybe I shouldn't have said it that way. <laughs> it I think, not? but I think, but I think you're right. You know, I, there is a way to talk about it without being like so direct, at least at first. Yeah. And I think, I mean, me doing what I do and all of us know, you know, doing what we do and having gone through this ourselves, I, I think bringing up just a few things, I think we're going to know exactly where that person's at just based on their response, you know, yeah. and if it's something that they shy away from, or, you know, you just, you just, you're going to kind of know right away. I mean, that, to me is going to be a little bit of a red flag. Um, it's not necessarily a deal breaker, but it would be if they're just not like, I don't want to do anything about it. This is just the way it's going to be. That's, that's just a deal breaker
3: for me. Well, yeah. So, so let me give you an example. I was talking to somebody just earlier today who said that their youngest child, um, a daughter was married and stayed at home with their, their only child and the husband didn't want to give her money to spend and felt like it was all his money because he's the one that went out and worked and earned it. And we, you, you've talked about this a lot on this podcast. But if you hear that selfishness up front in the dating process more than once or twice, that's definitely to me a red flag that you've got to separate your emotional feelings and listen to what that person's telling you, even though they're not really telling you, "Hey, I'm all about me. I'm selfish." this is what you're going to get when, when if we get married and we get together. And I think you've got to listen to those is an important thing. And I know that's not necessarily the topic of this conversation is there's red flags Sometimes you might want to listen to them. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, the other thing you want to be careful too is especially early on is if you're someone who is, you know, either getting your finances in a better place or you've already gotten theirs, you want to avoid rescuing that person, you know, and helping them fix their problem when, they're not willing to fix it themselves. Excuse me. So you got to be real careful with that too, because there's a lot of people who get into situations where it's like, well, I can help them. You know, we can, we can help them get out of debt or whatever. And then months go by or years go by and turn around and they're right back into debt again because they never really fixed the real problem either. You know? So, um, but again, I think just generally speaking from all of the stories and all the people that I've helped, it's, I think it's just too big of a subject to ignore for for just too long. You've got to you got to have that conversation up front at least to get an understanding of where that person's coming from. Because it doesn't go away. I mean, unless I mean, and there are people that I've worked with that have a legitimate split down the middle. Like they don't they don't worry about each other's finances, they run them themselves. That's just something that they've never combined and it works for them. But that's pretty rare. Uh usually even in some of those situations it's not good. You know, there's still finger pointing and fights and arguments going on and, you know, how you mismanage money or you're irresponsible or whatever it might be. Um, so, but I mean, there are a few people who can get it right doing it that way, but for the most people, it's, it's definitely a struggle. So what would you guys say would be some ways to navigate this conversation? What, I mean, and, and Katie, maybe you bring it up. Like, what what have been some ways, because you have obviously had this conversation, what have been some ways that you've brought it up? Have you brought it up subtly, like Chris has said, or have you been more blunt like me?
2: <laughs> uh, no, I'm I'm pretty straightforward because I'm 43. I'm not getting any younger. Let's just be honest here. So. Right. Let's just cut <laughs> to the
0: chase. Let's just figure this out.
2: <laughs> like, I need to know, do you want kids? Do you have kids? All of those kind of things. I need right. to know that before I even accept the first date, really. So, um, no, because I'm on this journey, I do it does get worked into the conversation somehow. Like I'm not here for their money. I want to have a relationship. So I don't need to know how much they make or anything like that. But if they're more worried about what kind of watch they're wearing and what kind of car they're driving and that kind of thing up front, I'm going to be like, I don't know. Like, where, why are your priorities the way they are? It's kind of thing, too. So, but yeah, mine for sure by the second date, it has come up.
0: Yes. Second date. <laughs> that is so awesome. So, what have been some of the responses? Okay. So, what so do they, if you're being very forward, have, have they shied away from it? Have they, Open, um, I mean, what, it, I mean, has it mixed been a mix? Bag
2: of mixed reactions. Oh, story time. Um, Let's hear them. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, some of them are like, how did you get into that much debt to begin with? And I'm like, well, that's a whole other like
0: <laughs> oh, they bring, story. They pin the question back on you, right? <laughs> yeah.
2: But then, you know, some are really impressed. They're like, wow, that's amazing that you've done that all by yourself. And um, some are like, well, then can you even afford to like go out or do anything i'm like yeah because it's in the budget and so i don't worry about me i i know (laughs) what i can and can't do but you know i've definitely had that conversation one guy my last relationship he was like that's amazing so if we get married you're like in charge of the finances you can just give me like an allowance of what what money can i spend here you can handle that and i'm like all right let's let's continue. I mean, we lasted eight months, so it was good, but (laughs) that, that isn't the typical reaction. No, definitely not.
4: Yeah. I'd be afraid of that though, that kind of reaction, because I'm like, I don't want to be your parent in this relationship. And that's (laughs) kind of, that's exactly what I thought when she said Mm -hmm. that. (laughs) I suppose it depends on how you take it. Everything else
2: was really good too. So I was like, all right, well, we can work with that. Right. But we also had honest communication. He was very self-aware of his situation. And so we talked about a lot of things very openly and there was no fighting. It was just an actual respectful conversation, which is also quite refreshing in the dating world. So, Yeah. Awesome. Like the, before... I got into online dating. There weren't even cell phones the last time I dated, let alone apps because I had been in a 13 year relationship out of college. So this was like a whole different ballgame.
0: So what about existing relationships, guys? What would you guys say if you're in an existing relationship and let's just say it's still somewhat new months, maybe it's been a year or maybe you're even getting to the point like Chris said, maybe think about marriage or even married now, uh, what would you guys say just based on your experience would be some things to help people start talking about this what's helped you guys for for us we we didn't really
5: we just sat down and just had a conversation about what we were what what are what are our goals what are we trying to do you know so we i think before that we were always like we always approached it as we don't have any money and it was just money 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 and we just argued about money. That's like what the conversation was about. And that usually ended in me sleeping downstairs and her sleeping in the bed, just cause it's just, you have a money fight. You're just fighting about money. And so what we just started doing is just like, like, how are we feeling? Right? Like, how is this making us feel like every day? Like how, do you know, and that's really where we started to get more on the same page of like, when we retire, what do we want our lives to be like? You know, when we, when our kids go to college, what do we want that to be? Do we want them to be take out a ton of debt? Like we started like kind of having these bigger picture discussions. And it was like, once we started getting like on the same page where we could kind of be like, yeah, when we retire, this is what we would like to do. And we would like our kids to do this. And we would like, and once we started doing that, it became easier than to have a conversation about, yeah, I guess I don't, We don't really need to spend that or we really don't need to do this because we were getting clearer on what we did agree on instead of always fighting about what we disagreed on. So that my tip would be to start there. That that would be my number one thing is don't make it about the money right away because you've probably been fighting about money. Uh, especially if you're married or in a relationship, you have probably been fighting about it. it is usually not going to go well. If that's the first thing you're going to talk about, because it's usually going to be a blame game back and forth about who spends what.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I totally 100% agree. And I, (laughs) there's a lot of people who have a lot of luck with this is just really sitting down and focusing on the feeling side of it. Just, and especially if you're in debt, if money's already stressful is to talk about how does, how does it make you feel? And that, that can be hard, especially if it's a newer relationship, because, money is a very taboo, taboo topic. There's a lot of embarrassment. Um, in fact, I have conversations with close friends who know me like, and they're like, I I can't even tell you what's happened to me. Like, well, why not? Because I'm so embarrassed. I'm like, you know what I do for a living? (laughs) Like I've made all the same types of mistakes, but yet they're still embarrassed to talk about it. So I think it, it can be a little overwhelming, especially if it's new. Um, but starting with the feeling side of things and how your finances are making you feel and the embarrassment, the shame, the stress, um, I think is a great place to start because like you said, Ryan, it avoids the finger pointing because it's easy to start there. Well, we're here because you did this. You're not doing that. You're not following this. And, uh, that's when the fights start. Right. But when you focus on how you feel and you're communicating that, uh, typically the other person cares about you. So they don't want you to feel that way or that bad about your situation. So you're much more willing to, to open up and listen to say, okay, what can we do to help you not feel this way? Um, and I think most people skip the feeling side and they just go to the surface level of what the money's causing and, and, or the money stress is causing. And and I think that's, that's where a lot of people go wrong.
3: So I think the only thing I would add to that is mentioned the word listen. And I think it doesn't matter whether you've been married, you know, two minutes, you're about to get married, been married, you know, 40 years, and you're sitting down trying to figure this out. You got to listen. A conversation, it involves talking, but it also involves not hearing, listening, internalizing what the person says, taking some time to think about it. And, And as you mentioned, Brad, you typically care about the other person. And if you will focus on the needs of the other person, what they're telling you, and you listen, internalize it, I think both people can start to come to an agreement a lot quicker. And I, I'm living proof that when two people get on the same page, it is incredible what they can accomplish together that the individually they couldn't do on their own.
0: Yeah, I would totally agree. You know, having the, um, the you know, just unified goals, and we're going to talk about goals here in just a second, but just genuinely being able to hear out what your partner wants. Um, and all the too often, though, I think when it comes to money is we get – there's a lot of selfishness that goes on in relationships for sure. I mean, and that's one of the things I hear a lot. Like, I have a partner. I want to do a budget. They don't want to do it because they feel like they're going to lose out on everything that they want. I mean, how selfish can you be? <laughs> that's such a selfish statement, right? When when the, when the that partner genuinely, there's, there's, I can't even think of one person that's come to me and said, I want to do this to punish my partner. I want to do this to make their lives worse. No, it's quite the opposite, actually. A lot of the partners who want to get their finances under control want better for the relationship as a whole, not just for themselves individually, but they want it for their partner as well. And they're, they're frustrated because they're not seeing how it can make their lives better because all they're seeing is everything that's going to get taken away from them. It's, it's there's a lot of selfishness. So yes, absolutely. Just letting that go and, and being able to focus on them, um, it's, it's makes a huge difference for sure. So once you get your feelings out, then you can start to have more of a, money conversation all right and so we're gonna give you a free guide I'm gonna give you this you can actually just go to the website balanceense.com forward slash 172 and I want to just cover a, f- a few of the questions I think there's like 10 to 12 questions in this guide and uh, the idea behind this is for the two of you to sit down separately print out this guide print out two two copies or do it digitally whatever you want to do and uh, the two of you separately just answer these simple questions and come make a date of it sit down and have just an open conversation about the answers that you put on the guide. Now the key to this is that there's no right or wrong answers, all right? It shouldn't start a fight. It should be like a like an opportunity for the two of you to get to know each other better as it relates to to money. And and it's amazing to me when I speak and I've spoken to a lot of people and I ask them how many have gone through like a personal finance class or a workshop or anything before you got married to kind of get on the same page about money and hardly anybody raises their hand. So this isn't a common thing that most couples really pay attention to. But if you do, uh, like Chris, you said, I mean, it makes all the difference in the relationship, uh, in the long run. So a few of the things that you can talk about, um, is like Chris said, what are your dreams and your goals? Because that is going to be directly impacted by the way that you manage your money. Like, for instance, I'll give you one for me. I always wanted to run my own business. No, I did not think it was going to ever be a business like this. Uh, I just knew I wanted to run one. I, I didn't want to work for somebody the rest of my life. I didn't want to be told what to do the rest of my life. I'm a very independent person, and I just want to kind of do my own thing. I didn't know what that was going to be, but I did know this. I was too broke to start any kind of business. <laughs> there was just no way I was going to be able to do that. So one of the things, like when Sarah and I got married and we sat down and had these conversations, I, I told her straight out, it's like, I want to run my own business one day. That's one of my dreams and my goals. And that was a big driver in me getting out of debt because I knew I wasn't going to have that opportunity if I was going to stay where I was at living paycheck to paycheck. It just wasn't going to work. Uh, the other one that goes along with that is really kind of talking about why or purpose. And Amber, I want you to talk about this one because you hate this one. <laughs> <laughs> I know you don't like it, but uh, but I think it gives it a different perspective. But I am a true believer in that and that why or purpose. You know, I'm someone who likes to serve other people. i run a whole business. That's all about that. I, I think it's helped me tremendously in grieving for my wife and getting over and moving on from some of that stuff. Um, it's just, it, it's just who I am as a person and and it really drives my entire life. So like for me, knowing that about myself, it really has affected the way that I manage my money, go about living my life, making the decisions that I'm going to make, And if I'm with somebody else, that's going to affect them too. So I think it's important that you talk about, you know, what are the things that drive you in your life? What do you want? Because that's going to have a a direct impact on that other person.
4: You say I hate it, but I don't hate it. I just don't resonate well with it. (laughs) I am more like, why your purpose? To me, that's a goal. And let's just set this shit out. It's a call. <laughs> I don't need no woo-woo deep stuff in my soul. I just don't need that.
0: <laughs> you know what? I don't, I don't resonate with it. You don't want the emotional motivational speech? No. Yes, you do.
4: I, I, I don't get me wrong. I, I'll, I love a good motivational speech, but I, I don't go deep into my feelings, and it's just not how it's going to happen. I feel like I'm the same way though, because I'm
2: incentive driven, but. I don't need all the, <laughs> we're going to all cry now part of the <laughs> speech.
0: Hugs and high fives.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. How do you guys, what do you guys feel? What, do, Ryan, Ryan, Chris, what do you guys, now Chris, I think I know where you're going to go, but <laughs> let's, let's find out.
3: Are you asking me if I think a why or a purpose is important? Yes.
0: Yes. Right.
3: Having a shared why or a purpose is important. Yes. Do I think that goals and dreams are the same things as whys or purposes? No. I think a why is much bigger. For me personally, I value experiences, not things. There's no way to put that as a dream or as a goal. How do I live my life in a way that I have experiences? Well, I keep myself out of debt and I save money so that I can then buy or purchase the experiences that I want to have. And so Every time I have an experience that is sort of a goal, I save up or I plan out some experience, but that helps me live the bigger purpose, the bigger why. So that's to me how I think about the difference: is a why or a purpose it doesn't necessarily have to be a number, and it should be sort of bigger than a goal.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think a why or purpose for me is it's like that thing that gets you out of bed in the morning; like you're excited you know, you want to go after the day, like you're working towards something bigger. Yes, it can be a goal too, Amber.
4: <laughs> <laughs> you know, in the end, it's probably the same damn thing in my head, but I can't label it like that.
0: <laughs> oh, I love it. All right. Next area that you could focus on is the feeling side. So again, we we kind of gave this one away, but how does money and debt make you feel? You know, we all have, you know, grown up different ways around money. We've seen our parents manage their money. We all have good and bad experiences with money and debt. How does it make you feel? You know, there are there are legitimately people who think wealthy people are evil people. You know, and you know, not that that's right or wrong. Um, we could talk about that another podcast. But <laughs> but it's important that you understand where your partner's coming from on some of those things. Uh, there are couples that I've worked with where one partner comes uh, from a wealthy or you know very fluent family, and there's one that comes from a very poor family. And the two of them is very different feelings about money, you know, and if you never really have that conversation, you know, that, that can kind of feed into the relationship and how the two of you manage your money together for sure. Um, another area is how should money work in the relationship? This is a big one. And now, obviously when, if you're first starting, I wouldn't probably bring this one up right away, (laughs) but you know, if you're getting to the point where it's serious, you know, having a conversation about like Katie, you mentioned, you know, one of the people you were dating was saying like, Oh, you could just, take care of it all. And Amber, she's like, I don't really um, like that. No way. No. Right. I mean, I take care
4: of a lot in my relationship, but it's, it's not because he said, here, you do it.
0: Right. <laughs> but that's, but those are, but some people are okay with that. Some people would be like, I'm totally fine. In fact, I would say in most relationships, there is one individual that primarily is responsible for, you know, the finance the finances. It's not that they're in control of it necessarily, but they're just, they're paying the bills. They're kind of putting together the budget and the other person's there is more support. Obviously, in a lot of cases, it's not that way where the other person is 100% in control and the other person is just like, you do it. Um, And that I tend to see causes a lot of issues. But make sure you talk about how is it going to work in your relationship? Are you guys going to do it together? Uh, What about budgeting? What about saving money? Like, just talk about some of those things. Like, how is that all going to fit in uh, to your overall life and and moving forward and reaching your goals? Uh, Other areas, what are some of your financial fears? This is a big one. You know, there's a lot of people who have just based on past experiences, if you're if your say your savings account or your checking account gets to a certain level that makes your panic button go off, uh, could be credit cards, could be I mean, a lot of different things that will freak you out about money uh, because of past experiences that you've had. So make sure you're having some of those conversations. Like for me, a big one now is that like I have to have savings Like that just there's just no question about it. It's always going to be a priority for me now. Uh, Because I lived so many years living paycheck to paycheck without a savings and the stress was just unbearable. And I don't ever want to have to ever go back and experience anything like that. So make sure you're talking about those. What are some of the things that make your panic button go off? Uh, Another one is what does retirement look like? Or what does at least your future look like? At least just some ideas. You know, where are you headed? What would you like to see happen? Um, This is a tough one. I would say even, you know, when Sarah and I were together and, we had these conversations It was very general. We didn't have like specific things yet. We had some general ideas of what we wanted, but um, I don't know. How do you guys deal with this question? I mean, Chris, obviously you're older, you're, you're open you're in your ice cream shop and doing the, doing the retired life almost as it is. Like, I mean, did you guys back then have some of these serious conversations about, I mean, did you have a dream of opening an ice cream place?
3: Well, first of all, let's talk about back then. There was a back then before we got married, we never talked about money. There was a back then right after we first got married that we thought about money. And then there is the back then as in two days ago when she brought up that I, I don't think I'm going to be able to retire at 59 or 61. I wanted to. And the reason being is because of insurance. I thought we won't have the money to do it. And so then the conversation, which can be argued as part of our why hence became a goal well how much money do we need to save in the next five and a half years before you turn 60 that you could then have insurance from the age of 60 to 65 until you jump into medicaid right all right so yeah we sort of now are having a a, how do we make retirement work when it's been a very generic conversation up to this point now it's like oh boy we're kind of we need to start getting into the nitty gritty and really figure this thing out. But again, that's the nice thing about conversations. That's the nice thing about having a goal and, and, a, and a vision and a plan is now we know we've got five years to come up with the amount of money that it takes for her to be able to retire. Me keep doing the ice cream shop or the travel business, you know, whatever we decided to do at that point so that she can retire and have insurance. And, but to get to the specific ice cream question, that was more of a recent thing that came up that I sort of had been playing with in my mind for years. It'd be cool to do an ice cream shop. But what really made it happen was when we decided to move, we decided on a fairly quick conversation that, yeah, we both really want to move. And I need something to do. The profession I was doing before, that opportunity didn't come up appear. And so we have the ability to do this. That's what I want to get across to people. I'm not trying to brag or anything that when you are out of debt and you save, you can put yourself in a position to pivot like that and do something totally different. So that's sort of two answers to two different questions that you asked.
0: What about you guys, Amber? You guys you guys talk about retirement? What what does that look like?
4: Uh, A little bit. I mean, we've just, we've had like a kind of dollar amount goal in mind. Um, And I know like we want to travel and we want to do some things, but we haven't like nitty gritty into it yet. No, no.
2: I just know I want to be able to get back to Florida and just not be in Wisconsin for winter anymore. That's (laughs) for sure my goal. And that's been very clear for the last three years.
0: Yeah, for sure. I love that goal. (laughs) I love it. It's gonna be awesome when you're able to do that. I think I think too. just you
5: know, when you talk about retirement, it doesn't I think a lot of people it gets it's very surface level. Like, yeah, I want to retire one day. And to me, I would just say, just try to take the next step and and put some plans. And like, we all want to one day, but that could be you retire at 80 because you didn't save or you retire at 65, like try to have some sort of like, that's where we're at. I mean, I don't have like, we're going to retire in this community with this house, not to that level, but like we've talked about, we want to retire we don't think we really are. We don't feel like right now we're the kind of people that would retire and then just like go play golf every day. We probably, if I'm able bodied and everything's great, I probably would continue working and my, my wife feels that way too. So we've had those sorts of conversations. So, so it's like as you're talking about, you know, when we retire, you know, Florida potentially for us as well. But it's like, do we want a condo? Do we want a house? All those things have different financial requirements. And so those are the sorts of things that, we're starting to, as we're getting closer, starting to iron out because like if we want a house with a pool and you want this, that means something different than I want a small condo, two bedrooms, you know, so you need to kind of figure some of that out. So I don't think it has to be concrete, but I think just don't say, well, I just want to retire one day because we all do.
0: Yeah. I don't think I could retire one day. I don't know. It doesn't sound appealing to me. It sounds like death. (laughs) <laughs> personally personally i just think it would be i just i would go crazy i would need something to do so kind of like what chris said though i think i i like how you say pivot because there yeah. could come a day where you prepare like you could prepare to retire and just never retire and you continue working or doing some stuff some, something that i love like this like i, I why would i want to quit it it's, of right. course when i get to the point where i'm old people would be like i'm not gonna listen to you <laughs> i'll have to find something else to do i'll open an ice cream shop <laughs>
1: In Florida.
2: <laughs> In Florida. There you go.
0: Yeah, I just, I think, um, yeah, it would be, it'd be really hard to just not do anything. But um, yeah. It's,
2: uh, franchise off of Chris. There
0: you go. Yes. <laughs> Second restaurant. Yeah, I love that. Other two areas real quick, uh, before we get to celebrations here, guys, is uh, make sure you guys talk about your non-negotiables. You know, this is a big one. Um, you know, what are some things that are just, you absolutely need to be able to do it? And uh, it's just something that you'd, has to happen. Uh, like maybe it's a trip every year somewhere, or maybe it's, I don't know, getting your nails done or whatever it might be. There's whatever the non-negotiable items are. And they could be things like, I don't want credit card debt. Like this is not going to be a thing that we're ever going to do. I mean, those are, can be some of those things, but have those conversations. And then last but not least, (laughs) this is a tough one is to share your past and share a little bit about the skeletons in the closet and, uh, to talk openly and um, you know, talk about foreclosures and bankruptcies and just you know be open and talk about some of the bad mistakes that you've made with money, uh, especially especially if they're going to have any sort of impact on either of yours future uh, moving forward, especially when it comes to like buying houses and things like that. Because the last thing you want to do is go to sit down with a mortgage company and all of a sudden you're like, I didn't know that was happening. <laughs> right? I mean, how much of a surprise would that be? So as a reminder, guys, you get this free guide. It's got all these questions with instructions. I highly recommend you go check it out. BalancedSense.com forward slash 172. If you're watching on YouTube, Ryan, just put up the QR code. You can scan that and you get access to the, uh, the guide right away. So the totally awesome Debt Freedom Planner is helping so many people make consistent progress with their finances, whether that be building emergency funds, paying down bills, budgeting, tracking paydays, saving up for larger purchases, goal planning, and planning for those irregular yearly expenses that always seem to catch you by surprise. Now, the Debt Freedom Planner will help you take the stress out of managing your money. And if the thought is running through your mind, hey, I just need to have a simple tool to get my finances together. This planner is perfect for you. Head over to the real TheRealDebtFreeDad.com. Click on the Debt Freedom Planner in the menu at the top of the page and order your Debt Freedom Planner today.
5: Let's talk about your money. Let's talk
0: about all the good things, all the bad things that may be. Let's talk
4: about death. Let's talk And that sound means it's time for the celebrations of the show. And first, we have Mary Southerd. New tennis shoes were purchased. Congratulations.
0: There you go, Mary. Uh, we got Kelly. And Kelly, I'm going to brutally murder your last name. Is that Quiet? Okay, someone help me out. Quiet Kalski. Kwiatkowski, there you go. Awesome. (laughs) Flowers, I save extra money every spring for flowers, hanging baskets, and some for planting in pots. Awesome, Kelly, good for you.
3: And my turn with Mary Ann, sorry if I butcher your last name, Gannis, Gannis, Gannis. She went to Ikea, somewhere that she loves, loves their products. They're a long way away, so I guess normally she would spend a lot of money there, but this time she didn't go overboard. She bought the outdoor furniture that she needed or wanted Using cash.
0: Awesome. Great win, Marian
3: And Teresa Turner got her my debt
2: freedom planner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, love how,
0: I love how conveniently you had yours sitting right it's there. Always
2: right here on my desk. <laughs> That's awesome. I just updated. Do you want to hear what my updated debt paid off I number do, is? I do. I do. 112000 $647, and I have less than $29,000 left to go.
0: That Woo! is incredible. $112,000. That is amazing. On a
2: single income.
0: Yeah, that is so exciting. Awesome. <laughs> Take that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> <I'm the man. laughs>
5: uh, we've got Kelly Elder tyson plants and dirt for
0: our new raised bed and materials to expand my chicken coop. Awesome way to go, Kelly. And congratulations to all of you guys who are putting in the work to get yourselves out of debt. And if you're just getting started with our podcast, or maybe you've been listening for some time and you're interested in how you can get started on the road to financial freedom, head over to our website at balance sign up for our free life without payments workshop, where I'm going to show you the first steps that have helped tens of thousands of people just like you and I kick financial stress and worry for good.
1: Thanks for listening to the debt-free dad podcast. Connect with us on Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, and Instagram at Brad Nelson, Debt-Free Dad. If you found value in today's episode, please leave a rating and review. We so appreciate it. For resources, show notes, and links mentioned in today's show, visit balancedsense.com. That's balancedsense, C-E-N-T-S Catch you next week.